0: Amen. Beautiful song. Song that always helps remind me and I re- reminds myself of being in Brazil. Lots of times, those who have gone to Brazil, it's one of the most requested songs that our brothers and sisters Christ want to hear. From the brothers and sisters who go there when, in, on the mission trips. So it's a very, very, very special song to me to hear that and to be thinking of them and to thinking of us. And the blessings we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight we're going to be in the book of Ruth, just for us to get there already, let you know where we're going to be at. And as we think about that, I know it's getting dark faster, and I've already had some suggestions about how long I should be speaking tonight. Thank you, I will take that into consideration for this evening. Also, there is no First Sunday Fellowship, so there's no food for you to look forward to this first Sunday. So hang in there with me, and we will look into God's Word together, and we're going to grow together through God's Word tonight. And all I want us to do tonight is look at the story of Ruth, look at the story of Naomi, of Boaz, and all of the things that's going on and all the things that have happened in their lives and see what's going on in Ruth's life and the qualities and the characteristics that we can learn from her and her life and the things that she did. And we can look at Naomi looking at the storyline of her life and the things that's been going on in her life. So two different things going on. Hopefully we can try to intertwangle the inner That's right. Okay. Interchange them, intertwine them at the same time this evening as we look at this. And so if you open in your Bibles with me to Ruth chapter one, we'll start looking through this and we're going to read about what's going on, what's happening. You may have read it before, but we're going to look at it again to be sure that we get it good tonight to understand what's going on, to understand what's happening. So in Ruth chapter one, verse one, it starts as this. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the name of his sons were Milan and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there because of the famine. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, I don't know about you. It looks kind of depressing right now, doesn't it? What's going on? What's happening not understanding what's going on, what's happening, understanding that Naomi had to leave her country, her place where she grew up, to go live somewhere else because of the famine and the things that was going on for her family to survive, for her family to work. And as soon as she gets there, a little bit afterwards, her, her husband passes away. And not only does he pass away, they, her children get married, and then within 10 years, both of her children, her sons... Pass away, And she's left with her and her daughter's-in-law. Now, strange to be, this is a good relationship that she has with her daughter's-in-law. Okay? And that's good to know. Not all relationships have to be bad in those circumstances. Okay? So we look at here and see this here. When Naomi heard in Moab, verse 6, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughter's-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Now, as she's getting ready, going out on this, she starts thinking about her daughters-in-law. What's going on? What's going to happen to them? What's, what's going on? And so, as this here, Naomi says in verse 8 said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We'll go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. And even if I thought I would still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up to get married to them? Would you remain unmarried for them for that long? No, my daughters, it's more bitter for me than, than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. And this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. So we start to see a little bit of difference between Orpah and Ruth in this moment. Because at first sight, they both said, no, we don't want to go. Naomi urging them to go home. Caring about them, thinking about them as their daughters-in-law says, go home. Orpah kisses her and says goodbye. But it says that Ruth clung to her and, look, and and Ruth said this or Naomi said this look said Naomi your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her go have a new life now we keep that's kind of strange and we'll look at it here in a little bit but look what Ruth replied don't urge me to leave you or to turn my back from you where you go I will go And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Now, the first thing I want us to see this evening is that Ruth was a determined person. And as we see here in verses 16 through 18, we understand also that in the time that she was married with her husband and under the house of Naomi, she came to understand who the God of Abraham, who the God of Isaac, who the God of Jacob was. And she is making this promise before Naomi and not only to Naomi, but to Naomi's God, the God of Israel, the God of gods and king of kings, as we know. Looking into this package that's packed with all kinds of things. And listen how she is a determined person. And listen how and think how we can be determined when following our God. When we say follow the God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You see it in this passage being lived out in the life of Ruth. And she says, don't urge me to leave or turn back. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. First thing that Ruth wants Naomi to know, I'm going to be there with you. Whatever you're going through, I want to be there with you. Isn't that what this world needs to know today? That when hard times come, there's going to be people that's going to say, hey, I will be there with you. I will walk through this with you. Is it going to be easy? No. Will it be all fun? No. But I'm determined that above all, I'm going to go where you go. And stay where you stay. In our commitment to the Lord, Lord God, wherever you have me go, I will go. Wherever you have me stay, I will stay. Remember the one man, Jesus, when he, cleared, <laughs> cleansed the, the, uh, uh, when he healed the demon-possessed man in the garden, he said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no, go back to your towns and tell them what God has done. And he goes. And then others, Jesus sees them and says, you come and stay with me and follow me. So God knows what if he wants us to come or go, but even if we're coming or going or wherever we are in our lives, we want God to know, God, I am there with you. And above all, even this, God is saying, where you go, I will be with you. Isn't that why I wanted to tell Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous wherever you go. I will go. I will be with you. God's desire, his determination is that he will be with us. And that gives us determination and desire to want to be with him and go wherever he goes. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Conversion. Dedicated to God above all. Wanting to do God's will in her life. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The idea of Naomi, wherever you are, wherever you go, wherever you're buried, I will be buried there. And that means home. I don't know about this, but you remember Joshua? When they went into the promised land, they brought his bones back so that he could rest in peace with his people. Ruth is saying, I'm going to rest with your people wherever you are. What's peace? What determination to say, I'm going to be wherever you are, even unto death as we see going on here, as this is happening. And what happens? Naomi sees the determination of Ruth and says, well, I can't get her to go. She's going to have to stay. Jesus, when he was on this earth, what what can we already start to see about Ruth? She's that kind that's determined. She's the fourth kind of soil in Luke chapter eight. The God's word has fallen on good soil, producing fruit already. Jesus also said, when talking to the crowds and to the, the, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, is not fit for the kingdom. She is saying, I'm going forward, and I'm going forward with you, Naomi, in the name of in the name of your family, and in the name of your God, the God of Abraham, the God of, God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. All this happening, all this going on. And so we see the story continuing to go. And as we see this part of the story, look here in verse 19. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? You know what? It's been more than 10 years. This Naomi who left the city with her husband and her two sons, full of things, now coming with her daughter-in-law and no longer her sons and no longer her husband. Could this be Naomi? As we look here, can this be Naomi? And she says this, don't call me Naomi. Call me Merah or Mara, because that, the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. When we see the situation of Naomi's life at this moment, she is empty handed. Having nothing more or less. Just coming back to the town when she heard that God's people had received aid from God. From all this time away, she gets back, people don't even recognize her, don't even recognize the things in her life. And she says, just change my name. Some of you may be able to understand what Naomi's going through and knowing that and asking God why. And as here in this passage, Naomi's saying all of these things, God, I feel it's because of something I've done or something like that, Lord. But I feel bitter. I feel bitter. And I feel like I've been left empty-handed. I don't know if any of you have ever felt bitter or empty-handed, but maybe you have. And maybe you have, and maybe we have in our lives because we don't understand what's going on or what's happening. She's coming back rejected and dejected from all those around her. But as she comes back to Bethlehem, The story continues. So the first thing that we see here in Ruth chapter 1 is Ruth, the quality that she has. She is determined. May we have that same kind of determination. And we see in the life of Naomi, empty-handed with nothing. Now as we go into Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone else, anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered the field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you and the Lord bless you. They answered him back. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she's the Moabite woman. Who came back from Moab with Naomi? She said, "Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters." She came into the field and has remained there from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from there. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars, the men afield. at this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner and Boaz replies, I've been told about all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have, been come, have come to take refuge. And it goes on to say in verse 17, so Ruth gleaned the field until evening. The next quality that we see in Ruth is humility, is a servant and a hard worker. She realizes that they have come back to Bethlehem. They have nothing. And as she's there, she says, let me go to the fields to pick the grain that falls behind them. Which means, and we recognize from studies, that they were in a condition of poverty stricken at that moment. And so as she goes, she's picking up what's left over to make do with what she can have. And when did she start this? From early in the morning, and as she's there picking that, what happens? Boaz comes, he sees this woman, this lady he's not seen before, and he says, who is she? And the man answers, his servant answers and says, she's from the one that came from Naomi. Boaz, I think, kind of liked her too. Okay, we'll see that in a minute. But as we see this going on, When she says, why have you found favor in my eyes? We understand that Boaz understands that with her determination. She was a servant and she was humble. She left her home. She left everything she had. Uh, She left her home, her nation and all those people. And Boaz already telling her. May the Lord richly reward you. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under, who under whose wings you have come to take refuge. You know what? It's not easy to say I can't handle it. Right? We live in the things where I can handle it. You bring it my way. I can handle it. I can take it. I'm going to show you how big a man I am. Bring it on. Okay? Bring it on. I can handle it. I can do it all. But what if you get to the moment when you finally decide and you realize, I can't handle it. Oh, I can't do it all. Go to the Lord in humility. Go to the Lord and say, Lord God, I don't understand what's going on, but I am going to serve you from morning to night. I want to give my life to you. If you look at Anna, when her husband passed away, and she continued to whittle there in the temple day after day, she was in the t- in the temple praying every single day, and she had the blessing of seeing the baby baby Jesus, Jesus when he went up to be circumcised and see the Messiah. Simeon also. Dedicated, looking for when the Messiah would come. But here in the context here and everything that we understand, Ruth has decidedly taken a humble stance and a serving sense that, Lord God, I'm going to take refuge in you. And that's what attracts Boaz. Wow, she did all this. And she did it because she's following our God. And Boaz says, may our God richly bless you. Why does Boaz have the audacity to say that? Because he understands all blessings come from our God. Amen. God, our father, everything that we have, everything that we have. So we see in this part of the story, the humble circumstances of our servant here. And Lord God, help me to work humbly. Help me to be a servant. Help me as Ruth did from in the morning to late at night, serving you, Lord, with serving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so that's what she did. And so let's continue with the story in verse 18, chapter 2. She carried it back to town after she had gathered up uh, all the barley that was there. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered because Boaz had told them, leave a little bit there for her to get while she's doing this. Ruth also brought out and gave her, her her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you go to work? Where did you get this at? Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian or kinsman redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the woman of Boaz to glean until the barley and the wheat harvesters were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Verse 20, we see that for the first time, Naomi senses an act of kindness for her. Kindness begins. Naomi is empty-handed. She's bitter. She goes and she sees Ruth and she sees Ruth coming back. From Ruth's determination, from Ruth being a servant of the Lord, she sees God blessing her already. How did you bring this much? I met a man named Boaz. Oh, yes, he's our kinsman redeemer. And he says, Boaz has not stopped showing kindness to the living and to the dead. What does that mean? That the living, those who are around them, and the dead remembering Naomi's husband and two sons who had died. And being able to help sustain them with some food at this moment. So this is all going on, this is all happening. So the very first time Naomi, for the first time is not feeling as bitter as she was before. Naomi has now sensed an act of kindness, a moment of kindness happening and coming to her through Boaz as he serves the Lord. Now I don't know about you, but Naomi, remember when she was going to Bethlehem, she was thinking, right? I'm going to tell these two girls, go back and get husbands from your place. You're going to be a lot lot happier because I'm sure she's thinking, well, you know, what? I think Naomi starts thinking a little bit more. You know what? Boaz was very gracious to to Ruth. And there's some good things going on. And then evidently, as this process is going on, because Ruth stays there through the harvest time. Something must have kindled, perhaps, between them, Boaz and Ruth. And Naomi, being the thinker that she is, thinking about things, chapter 3, verse 1, says this. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you, where you will be well provided for. Now, Boaz, with whose women you have worked is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Now look at Naomi. Wash. Put on perfume. Get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Ruth, I will do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down in the middle of the night. Something startled the man. He turned around, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? Imagine, you're sleeping, you wake up, and there's a woman at your feet. What's going on? Startled in the night, and then you wake up, and there's a woman there. And then as we see that, we're like, what's this deal with the feet and all those things? And it's kind of the idea of, I'm here asking, if you will be my husband, will you cover me? Will you take care of me? Will you take care of my house and all of these things that are happening? But I want us to see all of this, that now Naomi, who was empty-handed... Saw an act of kindness beginning and in her heart, her act of the kindness that she saw, she's starting to feel that she has purpose restored in her life. A purpose. What was Naomi's purpose now? Ruth, you got to get married. We got we to take care of this for you, Ruth. You know what? I know you've been going there to Boaz's place. And Ruth, while you're there... I want you to go there, put on your best clothes, get perfumed, and what else wash up be looking good okay <laughs> let 's put it the way it is, and all these things, okay you know uh, you know how it is you 're in the expectation when, when that happens i don 't know i know i 've told some of you this before as a good friend of mine. That he went to when he was at Lubbock Christian University, he was going to ask a girl out and he told her to get dressed up because they're going to be going out to the Golden Arches, you know, and so she's getting dressed up. And he says, you know, the next night he goes to the door, he opens the door and there she is decked out earrings, hair in place, dress, just, you know, totally got the perfume smelling good. And there he is in sweatpants. And she looks at him and she's going like, what are you doing? He says, don't you know the golden arches is is McDonald's? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) he wasn't. (laughs) And so you know what she did? She slammed the door in his face and that was the last time they talked. (laughs) She was getting, (laughs) what we're saying, she's getting dressed up. Naomi said, I'm gonna get you dressed up for a reason. I want Boaz to like what he sees. And so at this moment, she gets dressed up and she has that smell. He wakes up startled, smells that smell, sees her there. And then we see something special about what other things that we understand about Ruth. Because in their culture to do this was not something, okay? That would be degraded doing this, lying at her feet to do that, okay? We may think, well, that sounds strange, but that's not our culture for that. But as we see this going on and what's happening, look what happens in 3 verse 9. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant Ruth spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian kinsman redeemer of our family and you can uh, redeem us from the difficulties that we have the Lord bless you my daughter this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier you have not run after the young men whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am your kinsman redeemer or guardian redeemer of our family, there is another one who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. Look what Boaz talk says about Ruth, a woman who is determined, a woman who is humble and a servant, a hard worker. And he says here in verse 11, a woman of noble character. We understand that the Bereans of were of noble character, but Ruth was a woman of noble character from who all the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. What do we think about when we think of noble in this sense? Someone who is honest, someone who has integrity, someone who acts in a way that others wanna be like that person. And so in all of these things, we understand that Ruth is an example of what it means to be have noble character. And isn't that what we desire? Isn't that what we want people to see in us? A character where they can understand that we are honest, that we are, in what's the word I'm looking for? Integral? No, integrity. Okay, you know what I'm saying. That we are respectful, that we are people who love God. God help us that people see us as a determined people in you, as a humble people, and a people of noble character. When they talk about elders, the characteristics, people of noble character as well. Noble character looking in this. As we look at this in this moment, going through all that's happening. Ruth is a woman of noble character. So verse 14, so she laid his feet until morning, but got before anyone could be recognized and said, no one must know that a woman came here to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle bundle for her on her. Then he went back to town when Ruth came to her mother-in-law. Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Said, you know what? I bet you Naomi was thinking, how's it going? Do you think she slept that night? Probably not. Oh, man. I wonder what's going on? What's happening? So in this very moment, then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, Ruth did and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. So as we see here in this moment, what does she say? Not to go home empty handed. Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Meanwhile, Boaz, chapter 4, we're in the last one now. Back, as up at the town gate and sat down there, just as the guardian redeemer had mentioned, come along. Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, sit down. So we sit over here and sat down. Can we talk? Okay, more or less. Can we talk? Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said sit here and they did so and then he said to the guardian redeemer Naomi who has come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to her relative Elimelech I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest That you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people if you will redeem it do so But if you will not tell me so I will know For no one has the right to do it except you and I am next in line I will redeem it. Okay, redeem it in the idea of I will take it as my own. I will pay for the difficulties that they have. I will acquire it as mine. And so the man says, I will redeem it. Uh Oh, well, wait a minute. Boaz is wanting to redeem it. And the man says, okay, well, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz starts thinking, what am I going to say? How can I change this man from his mind right now? And so he says this on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth, the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the kinsman redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. When he realized he's going to get a wife and a wife that he thought was going to get his money, he said, I'm not going to do it. Boaz knew the heart of that man and Boaz being smart at that moment gave him a reason to not take it because of the man thinking of himself. And so in this very moment, now in the earlier times of Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party had to took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman and redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal. I don't have a sandal on, so I'm not going to remove it. I see there's a sandal there, but I won't remove your sandal tonight either, Aubrey. Okay? He removes the sandal and the transaction is complete. And then it says here in this moment, Boaz says, today you are my witnesses. Verse 10. I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabite, Malan's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead of his property. So that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his own hometown. Today you are my witnesses. Then elders and all the people there saw what had happened. And it says through the, uh, and the, and may you have standing in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. They are blessing this marriage of Boaz and Ruth. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young man, woman. May your family be like that of Perez whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife when, she, when he had made love to her. The Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The Lord enabled her to conceive, gave birth to a son. The woman said to, then the women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. And Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. King David, as we know. Brothers and sisters, Ruth was known because of her love. The last characteristic. If we ever wanted to think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is not selfish. Love is not prideful. Love is... All of these things that it is and what it isn't. Ruth showed love in every single form to her God and to her mother-in-law. And she says, you have, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, is better than to you than seven sons. Seven's a good number, right? She says she's better than you. Ruth not only loved and said it with her mouth but did it with her actions. And that's what God calls us to do with love today. Say we love and show it with our actions. But in the most important part of Naomi in her life, Naomi, who was empty-handed, bitter, starts to begin to see kindness again, maybe has a little bit of a smile on her face, starts again then to see her purpose is restored, there's something to do. And then after that, as we see here at the very last one coming up, she is not left empty handed. Went from empty handed and bitter to joyful and not empty handed. The life of Ruth and Naomi. The intertwining of the two, the different parts of one and the other. God was able to bless Naomi through Ruth and Naomi was able to bless Ruth. God was able to bless Ruth through Naomi. And then what it's all about God using us to love one another, to bless one another, to love like God wants us to love. And as we see this and we see this and think about it, if you're bitter, hold on to God, hold on to him and wait and start to try to count the blessings again. And when you start counting the blessings again and you start seeing him, God will once again restore that purpose. And with that purpose, he will not leave you empty handed. Give you another restored. I got a reason for living again. Uh-huh. Okay. As we sing that song. But even all of that. With this story here. There's something even bigger. Something even bigger. Tim, if you can hit that last one on there. In chapter four, verses 18 through 22. And we already know it. And we already see it. The family line of Perez, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Menadab, Minadab, father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Solomon, Solomon, father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David. What does that all have to do with anything? I didn't, I wasn't going to fall, okay? It, it just, it just moved. I'm just doing heel toe like I'm supposed to, okay? Trying to, heel toe. There's a much bigger picture going on. See, when we do our things day to day, we don't understand that or the things that happen good and bad in our lives. There's always a bigger picture. Something that a lot of times we call high insight, or we see the providence of God afterwards. There was something very much bigger at stake here. If Boaz is not married and has a child, Boaz, as we can start to understand a little bit here, is still single and he's older. And he's from the line of Abraham. Who's going to continue the promise that Abraham made? If Boaz doesn't get married to Ruth at this moment and conceive, we don't have David. And from the line of David comes who? Our King Jesus. Brothers and sisters, behind each one of our stories in our lives, there's a bigger story happening. And we get to see just a little glimpse of it. For the little time that we have here on this earth. So while we're here on this earth. Let's live like Ruth. Let's live determined for God. Let's live humbly with God. Let's live with character for God. And let's be loving as God. We're about to sing a song now. What's the name of the song? I am mine no more. Ruth left her homeland. Left all that she had. And said, I am mine no more, Naomi, I am yours, and I am your God. If you have any need this evening, we want to pray for you. And if you're thinking, I am ready to leave everything, Lord, leave all the things of this world behind and follow you exclusively. Jesus is ready to forgive you of all your sins. Give your life to him. Say, Lord, I am mine no more. Where you go, I will go. Where you send me, I will go. If you want me to stay, I will stay. Lord God, wherever you are, I want to be. I want to serve you. If you have that need and you want to be made new tonight, come as we
1: stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings, at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.